Hey listener, this podcast is called Trigger Warning Romance for a reason. It is intended for an 18 plus audience due to the adult context and triggers that may be discussed in each episode. Please check the show notes for a full list of triggers and proceed with caution. You have been properly warned. It's time to count off the triggers. Hello, and welcome to Trigger Warning Romance, everybody. I'm Nat. I'm Tori. And happy smutty Christmas to us once again. (laughs) Tonight, we are talking about How the Hitman Stole Christmas, an unconventional Christmas romance by Sam Mariano. Yay! Love Sam. Her heroes are always top-notch for me. (laughs) I usually don't like Sam's female characters. Yeah? Yeah, they're always too stupid to live. Okay, but I think that's her brand. I think it's her brand, and and it's just not one that I personally care for, but I really liked Autumn. Autumn was badass, yeah. I mean, she had her touch of uh, too stupid to live moments, but I honestly, even like putting myself in in Autumn's shoes, I I think I would have done the same thing because you're like, all right, like I'm stuck in this snowstorm. What am I gonna do? What are your other options? Yeah. And not no. only that, but she she did revisit them. I mean, she she reflected on them and was like, well, maybe I didn't make the best decision. Yeah. As opposed to some characters who were like, oh, wait, what is this happening to me? Yes. However, Autumn, not Autumn, Sam's male characters always hit the spot for me. They are always incredible. Right. But I have to tell you, do you know how dumb I felt last night reading this book? Why? I was maybe 80, 85% in when I realized that the Morelli family <laughs> that he worked for was the Matteo family from The Accidental Witness. Oh, that's so funny. It just never clicked for me. And then I was like, oh, well, that makes so much sense. Yeah. And I well, felt really stupid. No, it's fine. I mean, yeah, it's definitely a spinoff of, of that. And uh, like I said, this was amazing. I loved every second of it. I think it enriched the Morelli, like because because their Morellis were involved in a, a side way, like it enriched the story because you and I have read those books already. So we knew those characters. Um, and yeah, I mean, this was hot. It was not as dark as some of Sam's other books. Like we, we read Descent. It was definitely nowhere near as dark nowhere as Descent. Nowhere close to Descent. But it definitely still had those vibes, right? It definitely had those like dark romance vibes. I mean, I get, I have yet to read a truly dark, a truly dark romance for a Christmas novella. It's kind of hard to do dark Christmas. Yeah. Appropriately. I agree. I agree. Because it has to be jolly and fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it is designed to be happy. Yeah. So it, it's kind of hard to. But it's definitely, um, definitely scratched that itch, I think. Because Jasper was brutal. <laughs> I love how he reminded me a little bit of... Um, Oh my God, what's the descent hero's name? Cal. Cal, thank you. Um, he reminded me a little bit of Cal in his just like ways of thinking because he was very like, oh, like I need a girlfriend for Christmas. Oh, here's one. I'm just going to take her. Like it's perfectly fine. Like he didn't, he didn't even acknowledge that it was crazy. No, I found this book to be so funny. Yeah, it was hysterical. I mean, I agree. The inner monologues of both characters, primarily Jasper, but with both of them, I was like, how can you not laugh through this? Yeah. I mean, it starts off with him killing somebody and then being like, ugh, 
I mean, they tell you not to eat like yellow snow, but they really just warn you about the red snow. And he's like, why is that murder always looks so much messier in wintertime? But later on, like way down while he's visiting his family and they're making the snowman. Yes. And she comes out with the, well, our snowman is a carnivore and he ate mm-hmm. all of the other snowmen. And that's why there's blood all over the. Yeah. That's why the, the snow looks like there's been a massacre. Yeah. I lost my shit. Yes. Cause he's like, that's not what blood looks like. He's <laughs> like, that's not what blood looks like. How could you not know what blood looks like? Blood is red. That's pink. And I like that she just tried to like validate it, but be like, blood can look pink. It was so normalized yeah. for them. Yes. That it was just hysterical. Yeah. And she made plenty of jokes about him being a hitman, like oh, later yeah. on. And she was perfectly fine with it. Um, which I also love because a lot of our heroines are like always trying to change the hero. Yes. They're always like, oh, you know, I can change him. Like, can't you see that this is wrong? She had absolutely no problem with what he was doing. Um, he was like, she was like, this is a job. He's a good person. He's just, this is just his job and he's doing his job. She was totally willing to put herself at his mercy and like join his life. Right. Instead of pulling her, him into her life. Yes. And I have to tell you, at 79% was when I finally looked down. I was bawling like a baby. Oh, Yeah. I did. I was like, oh my God, this can't, they can't do this. Yeah. Well, that's the beauty of romance. Side note, they did. They did, yes. But, you know, oh, that's the beauty of romance. You know it'll be okay. Yeah, go ahead. Stop fighting. I don't know where you are, but stop it. <laughs> I swear it's like having toddlers. Yeah, well, I don't suggest toddlers. I don't either. (laughs) Don't even get me started. I can't. My lovely husband and I, Mrs. Savage and I, um, went out to dinner with a few friends on Friday night to celebrate my new job. And so my parents watched my kids. uh, And when we came home, we had some fun. And then I was like, I know I'm going to pay for this because Mr. Savage was in one of his moods and I couldn't fall. He wouldn't let me fall asleep until the baby woke up. Okay. The baby woke up at like one, one thirty, uh, one thirty. No, I think it was like closer to two, one thirty to 2 AM had to go deal with the baby. Then I finally went to sleep and then the baby and the older one both woke up at four 30 in the morning, raring to go like it is time to play. I got like two hours of sleep that night. I wanted to murder him because uh, he slept, but mama is awake. Anyway, I don't, we, we, let's go back to the book. Back to the book. Back to the book. Um, yeah. So what was I saying? Oh yeah. I, I mean, I love the whole book. Um, the way that he ends up with her is amazing. He's, I, I love that he's trying to be a good big brother. And he's going to go see, you know, his family for Christmas and that yada, yada, yada because of his sister. And I love that. He's he's like, this is a built in girlfriend. She's already got the presence. Like he's calculated everything about this. Oh, yeah. He left nothing to chance. Mm-mm. And. I mean, her boyfriend deserved. I, I wish that there was more um, done to the boyfriend, Brady, Brady Mendelson. Which is like the most dweebtastic name I've ever heard. I just kind of pictured him with a pocket protector. Yeah. And an attitude that needed to be beaten out of him. Yeah, I pictured him as like one of these like lanky finance guys that I see walking around, right? With like the stupid haircuts. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, I just, I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more retribution, but I thought the scene on the plane yes, was fantastic. Yes, that she put him in his place was amazing. Yeah, I loved that. But I, I really wanted him to like beat him up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's a novella. We only have a short amount of time. For, this is usually our, um, what, what should I say, like complaint about these books, like the last books um, also that just like, 
not enough happened to the like the people who did the heroin wrong like we want more but you and i are vicious in that way we're like kill them kill them all we really are we're bloodthirsty we really really are it would be bad for us to get with somebody like um jasper because can you imagine our bloodthirstiness with their bloodthirstiness it would just go badly yes and no uh i've told you this mr savage hits a lot of the dark book boyfriend marks and um he doesn't hit a lot of them also so let's just leave it there we we know he's not perfect but in that respect mr savage is always ready to throw down for me which is amazing i have literally had to pull him off people before so oh, that's great <laughs> yeah um he is yeah he's he has uh offered many times to to put people in their place because it's one of his favorite things to do um I, he's always said that i domesticated him because before i met him he was a complete psychopath in that matter so <laughs> <laughs> um we can see why nat ended up with miss savage did we not uh yeah well that and you were digmatized your words look it was yes true okay it's true it's true Nat had only had one previous partner before and nothing against that partner. It was, you know, we were young and he wasn't very good. So when Nat got with Mr. Savage and somebody who actually knew what they were doing, I was like, what is this magic? <laughs> You're not going. <laughs> it's like that sound on TikTok. I'm going to take you home now. Like, like you're mine now. <laughs> so I wish you you're mine. Yeah, pretty much. But um. Yeah. So yeah, no, in a way I, I do have to use my, my romance brain wants me to let him just completely annihilate all these people. But my, my rational brain is like, we don't need him to end up in jail. Uh, we have two children. Like <laughs> it's not worth it, you know, but no, I mean, if I, if I've, I, I've told you, I've literally had to pull him off people before. So we've, we've been there. We've done that. He's definitely mellowed out a little bit with age because we also have been together for like 12 years at this point when i met mr savage he was in his peak testosterone phase <laughs> it was like hulk smash everything don't say things like that when i'm taking a drink <laughs> this microphone was expensive yes it's true this is a good microphone though how is the audio quality from the last episode really well done yeah Thank you, Corbin King. Thank you, Corbin <laughs> King. Shout out. We appreciate you. Anyway, uh, back to the book once again. We are tangent number two already. Just in case you haven't read the book, brief overview. Mm -hmm. Jasper is our main character, male main character, and he has killed somebody and he is on his way to reluctantly visit his family for Christmas. On his way, he stumbles across Autumn our female main character who has blown a tire on a very wintry, cold, snowy, icy winter's night in Chicago where her boyfriend has sent her to buy, buy his Christmas gifts to his family without him. And she can't change a tire. So she doesn't know what to do. Jasper goes, Oh, well, here's a girl and she has presents. So I will take her home to my family and she's a ready-made girlfriend. Yeah. And along the way, he decides that he wants to keep her. Forever. Forever. But he doesn't tell her this. No. no. Because why would he? So romance happens. They get to the families. Things go remarkably well. Lots of fun is had. Then comes reality and she has to go back home and he goes back to Chicago and they try living apart and romance reasons, he comes to get her and they live happily ever after. Yes. But between all those things, lots of sexy things happen. <laughs> yes. Yes. There was, there was lots of sexy things. Yes. And he is, like I said, he's like the epitome of our dark romance hero. Um, there's a line, I think it's like page 11 where he's, she says, his voice is deep and masculine with an effortless kind of confidence that tells me as long as I have a tire in the trunk, he'll be able to help me. 
It's like, yes, of course, like the only, the deepest and most manly voice shall do for us. Also, like, I love these kinds of heroes because, like, this is a blue collar hero. Even though he works for the mob, he is a hitman for the mob. Like, he is not the top guy. And I love us a blue collar guy who can change tire. So, because uh, I'm not changing shit. Well, so. it's it's really rare to read a mafia tangential book mm-hmm. where he isn't one of the top guys of the mafia. Yeah, because you know if it was like, let's just say Mateo, like he just have somebody else change the tire for her, right? Like it, what he Mateo was not changing a tire. Of course he, not. Absolutely not. But there's just something remotely like, again, like maybe primal and like sexy about having somebody who can do these tasks for you. Yes. Right? Another reason I love Mr. Savage. Mr. Savage, he's a blue collar guy. Like Mr. Savage works on cars. Um, Miss Savage for sure can do anything like manually. Um, he's great with his hands. <laughs> um, so it's, I, I love those kinds of heroes and it's, it's nice to, to read about them because even in a non-billionaire set mafia world, like most of these heroes, they're not blue collar, right? Like they're, no. they're all, but maybe it's just the kind that we're reading, but most of them are unreasonably wealthy and they have people for everything which is also attractive in another level (laughs) like every all of this is hot but i appreciated the fact that reality well the character's reality was such that it tore them apart Mm -hmm. because nine times out of ten in these books you don't find that happening because they're wealthy and mm-hmm. they are in charge, so they can do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. So it was nice to see a hero who had some constraints to his abilities. Not because he wasn't able to do it, but because his circumstances yeah, were more real. Yeah, because he said multiple times, like, I would love to, to be with her. He said it to himself. But, like, I'm not Matteo Morelli. Like, I don't have all these people keeping me and my family safe, right? Like, when I'm single, it's fine because they can go after me. But if I have a family, that makes me vulnerable because, you know, other bad guys can can hurt my family. And I can't really do anything to stop that because I don't have the kind of resources that a Matteo Morelli has. You know, I'm keeping Matteo Morelli safe. Who's keeping my family safe when I'm keeping Matteo Morelli safe? Exactly. So, but I love the workaround that they had about this. Like, because eventually, of course, they do end up together for forever. And they have the kid and they they live on Matteo's property, which helps, right? Like, he, the, she's there behind these, like, guarded walls with the kid in their, like, little guest house that is, like, I guess the servant's house or whatever it was. Um but it was it was nice. It was also really nice to see a man that left that lifestyle willingly, not because of his, not because of her, but like because of him, right? Like he wanted, yeah. he like, decided mm-hmm. without talking to her, he decided that he wanted to have the family life instead of the work life. Yeah, and yeah, it was really nice. But anyway, back to the sexy part of where he kidnaps her, a sexy kidnap. So he convinces her to get in his car to go to this body shop that he knows. <laughs> and he's going to get, because apparently the cell phone's not working, because of course he has a cell phone jammer in his car. Um, that, I love that part. But um, so she's in his car and they're going and like, She's thanking him profusely, and he's just thinking, like, just wait. Like, you have no idea what's coming. <laughs> and there was a lot of mine in this because she's, he says, like, now that I've decided she's mine, the sight of her smile warms me a little. And, like, he loves how kind she is to him. I also love that he's already referring to Brady as her ex-boyfriend. Yes. I really like their conversation about fate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he's like, well, do you believe in fate? Because what are the chances that you would be on that stretch of road at the exact time that I'm driving down it? Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, do you just blame everything on fate? Yeah. Yeah. 
But so they're driving down down this to this thing, and eventually she figures out like I don't think we're going to a body shop, and she starts freaking out because of course you do, right? Again, I don't think this heroin was too stupid to live. She was in a circumstance where cell phone wasn't working. Um, she was in the middle of the road. So she's even gonna like freeze to death, or she's gonna get in this car with this dude who seems nice, and he's trying to help her. Um, while it's not an ideal situation, again, like I don't know if I would, I don't know if I would have made a different choice than her. I don't think I would have. I think no. that I would have done what I what I needed to do, and mm-hmm. what I needed to do was get in the car. Yeah. Absolutely. Because staying there is also dangerous, right? If she was like, go, go, you, you go to this body shop yourself and I'll wait for you here. Then you're staying on an abandoned road by yourself in the middle of the night in freezing freezing conditions. Yeah. So no, I think she took the only choice available to her. And I mean, he really was trying to help her in the beginning. It's not like he really was going to change that tire. Yeah. But as soon as that tire wasn't in the trunk, well, fate. Fate means you come with me. Fate means we go to Christmas with my, with my family. Well, I, he says, um, now she has me. But first we have to get through this uncomfortable adjustment stage of her accepting that she's mine now. Mm-hmm. I'm ripping her out of the life she used to lead and giving her a whole new one. That was bound to hurt a little. Yeah. But yeah, the things he says is, sweet but psychotic and also he knows exactly what he's trying to scare her on purpose at this point well he wants her compliance yeah um and yeah and she says remember she says like you can't just do whatever you horrible thing you want and blame it on fate and he says no like who's gonna stop me who's gonna stop me and she's like well i can't because he's of course he's like six foot whatever and huge and she's uh our normal sized heroin <laughs> so she's weak comparatively side note this is another thing that's uh i don't remember i think i'm probably tiktok right up but like who is a woman's natural predator right it's a straight man isn't it mm-hmm. crazy that we willingly just put ourselves <laughs> at the mercy of just it'd be like a gazelle and a lion just chilling all the time <laughs> Um, this also, um, apparently is uh, someone's theory is why women go for like the strongest, scariest man is because they want the lion on their side to scare off other lions. I can see the sense in that. Right. Because somebody, again, it was on TikTok, but someone said like, um, the male attractiveness is just how threatened it is not an attractiveness level necessarily, but how threatening you are to other men. The more threatening you are to other men, specifically other men, the more attractive you are. And the the more I thought about it, the more I was like, that that's right. That's that he's correct. Absolutely. I don't know that I would have thought about it. I don't know if I would have put it in those terms, but it makes perfect sense. Right? That's why we love these heroes in books that are the most scary mafia-y like okay let's just go back straight to like monster books like the mon- like monster uh, porn books right mm-hmm. like that's literally a monster and of course we want we want to have sex with it because then we'll this monster will like us and protect us from other monsters <laughs> It's kind of, it's weird. Honestly, like I said, I thought about it. And the more I thought about it, I was like, he's right. Because why do we like a tall guy, right? Stereotypically, women like taller guys. Because they're more threatening, right? The taller, Mm -hmm. usually the more strong. Why? And they think they did studies on this. And women prefer a bulkier guy, like, even like just like not necessarily muscle, but just like, like a bigger person to a skinny guy, like a skinny muscular guy will not be as attractive to a woman as like just a big guy. Well, it's it's primal instinct is mm-hmm. to want what is going to better procreate and better protect 
Mm-hmm. So the species can continue. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it just, I found it fascinating. And um, I was like, yeah, I do. I do like a threatening guy. That's why I like the dark romance, right? Because they're all threatening. Yeah. Look at this guy, for instance. Who wouldn't want a hitman? <laughs> I got to tell you, his threats Hot. were fucking effective. Yes. When he had her in the zip tied to the car door yeah. at the sex shop. Mm-hmm. And he's like, go ahead and call for help. And I'm just going to tell them that you're an exhibitionist and that we're role playing. And then I will just cut your clothes off and, and show them. Yeah. He's like, do you want them? Like most people are not good people. Like they're going to take the easy route. Like they're, they're are they going to think, oh, I'm a crazy person who kidnapped you? Or are they going to take the easy route and be like, well, this is they're at a sex shop, right? So they're like there for a specific reason. Like, will they turn down a show? Probably not. So. I loved it. I mean, yeah, it was brilliant. The way that he laid it out for her, the reasoning that he gave her, everything. It was just brilliantly done. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, but she did try to reason him before that. Like, and she, and he said something like she said, like, oh, like she gave him this whole speech. And then she said, like, will you be my savior one more time? Will you please let me go? Because she's like, look, the only thing that's going to get me out of the situation right now is my brain and my mouth. Right. Like what I say to him matters. And I think he said even like he's like, I'm so proud of her for like thinking on her feet. He's like, I like that my woman is smart. But he's like, you know, it may have worked if it wasn't me, but, you know, it is me, so it's not going to work. And then he gave her that whole spiel about showing her off to the random dude. Because there wasn't a dude that came by. He was looking at the car, and she really thought about asking him for help. But then she was like, no, I can't because... He meant what he said. He would do yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that he is a character who backs up his words. Yeah. He doesn't make idle threats. No, um, but and like she said, like, don't scream when I open this door. Like the first thing she did was just start screaming. Well, wouldn't you? I mean, yes, of course, of course. She's in an impossible situation. Yeah. Yeah. No. And in, in real life, guys, <laughs> I hope nobody finds themselves kidnapped. But in real life, they found that like the more combative you are and, and the louder and like the the, the the more difficult you make it for these people if they do kidnap you, the more likely they are to just let you go because you're not worth the trouble of getting yep. all that attention. So if you are kidnapped, like legit non-sexy kidnapped, <laughs> make as much sound, make as much ruckus, scream, bite, like be as difficult as you possibly can because that might save your life. PSA from Tree Warning Romance Tribe. <laughs> Unless it is you are being sexy kidnapped by like your partner, then, you know, do whatever you want. <laughs> but yeah, that sex store was fun. That was a fun scene. And I love that he was getting restraints from a sex store. Well, you know. Not for sexy times, mm -mm. but to keep her there. I mean, you know, he, he didn't have the resources he usually had with him. <laughs> so he said something like, you know, like, this will work. It's not necessarily like the best, but it'll work in a pinch. But he had an emergency restraint kit in his glove box. I He's always prepared. It. He is like a dark romance boy scout. He is always prepared. He had that go bag in his, because um, remember she was going through his bag and there's a passport in there. Yeah. Like, why, why would he need a passport for like a trip, you know, to another city? And he's like, oh, no, that's a go back. I didn't have time to pack because I unceremoniously kidnapped you and um, wasn't prepared to leave yet. But I couldn't go pack while you were in my car. So here we are. <laughs> um, I was surprised that they did not have sex in that hotel room. Were you surprised? I was surprised that you liked the book as much as you did when they didn't have sex until like 60 some percent in. I think yes. it was like 63% or something like that. I agree. However, this is a novella. So 63% in it isn't really that much reading. It's shorter. Um, but also, like, 
they did a bunch of sexy stuff beforehand. It just wasn't like he, she he made her strip in that hotel room. There were sexy threats. And, you know, like it wasn't. I'm fine with a slow burn to a point. OK. <laughs> I just again, this was a novella. So like 63 percent in isn't that much reading. It's probably about the amount of reading I do in a regular book, but before sex actually starts. And like I said, they were already doing stuff. I loved the scene when they got to his mom's house and there was the window seat in the bathroom. Yes. And he's like, that was hot. I'm going to sit here and drink my whiskey and I'm going to watch you take a shower. And Mm -hmm. she's like, you're just, you're going to watch. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, so hop to it. Yep. Yeah. Um, again, like those scenes were fun. So while it wasn't sex, it was sexy. So as long as there's something happening, I'm okay with it, guys. I'm not a complete smut whore, okay? That's good to know. Just a little bit of a smut whore. Um, also, once they got started, they like wouldn't stop. So yeah. No, that was a fun scene. Um. And, like, she teased him a little bit, and he was like, be careful what you're doing, because, like, and she realized it. She's like, I am a dumb. <laughs> I am taunting somebody that could very easily come over here and just do whatever they wanted to me. So I'm just going to sit down in this bathtub and shut up. <laughs> she calls him a psycho constantly, which he was like, yeah, that's what I am. He's fine. He's fine with it. He says at one point, he's like, she's fucking amazing. Out of all the girlfriends I could have stolen, I'm pretty sure I hijacked the very best. Yeah, I highlighted that scene too. Um, That was really, really, he's sweet. As just like a lot of um, Sam's characters, they are like Cal was also. Cal was a complete psychopath, but he was sweet. Yeah. Like, and so are, so is Jasper. And he's really gone on her. Oh, he, lo- yeah. He's he loves her like honestly from like the minute he ki- kidnaps her he's enamored with her and then he does I think I, I highlighted it he does say to himself that he he says to her that he could see himself loving falling in love with her but to himself he says I'm already in love with her yeah and um and yeah and it was he loved her. From the minute he kidnapped her, he just didn't realize it yet because he's a dumb dumb. Okay. Well, he had never really knew what love was. I mean, with his family life. No. He didn't have anything to, to compare it to. No, he's never had like a true relationship either. You know, like an actual relationship. Like he's had flings here and there, like with that stripper that he um, told his sister about. But um, he's, it's amazing. He was really sweet and I loved him. Also, I love that there are black SUVs in this car and in, in this book. Did you note the black SUVs? I, I sure did. I sure did. <laughs> I am always aware of black SUVs now. Yes. Because um, when they pull into the driveway and he's like, this is not the right house. Because <laughs> um, his mom is apparently married to some like big shot ex baseball player. Um, so they live in this like amazing neighborhood in this beautiful house. And he's like, my mom does not live here. And they pull up and there's like a black SUV parked in the driveway. And I'm like, of course there's a black SUV parked in the driveway. Why is it that black SUVs are like the pinnacle of luxury? I can tell you this much. I have a black SUV and I am not living in the pinnacle of luxury. (laughs) Yes, but yours isn't a blacked out black SUV. No, that's, that's true. It's not. It's also like the cheapest model you'll ever see in their whole life so it is not bulletproof i imagine uh no i don't believe it is i don't believe it is it's also covered in goldfish and like snacks i gotta clean oh. the car you said covered in goldfish and i was thinking stickers and i'm like <laughs> why would you do that no but it does have a really fun baby on board sticker on the back which i'm not gonna tell you guys because uh it's a very like what it is because I, I don't I don't know, I don't feel like people should know what I drive and if I tell you what it is everyone's good. it's not I don't see any other stickers like this on the road so 
It's not one of those generic baby on board stickers. Um, but I'm getting rid of that car soon. So um, I'm going to be getting a new car. Anyway, I don't know what, what it is going to be, but I hope it is another black SUV. <laughs> At this point, I need to drive a black SUV. No other color will do. Um, well, I thought that um, his relationship with Nora, his sister, I loved it. Yeah. I loved seeing him so caring about someone else. Usually the heroes are so focused on the main character or on their on their woman mm -hmm. to the exclusion of everyone else. It was really nice to see that he has a life away from her. Yeah. And that that was nice to experience. Yeah. And we love us a big protective brother because I remember when um her partner was asking him for like her hand in marriage and he said like he's like approved or whatever but he's like but you better not hurt her because i will put you in a world of hurt yeah and you know the guy like laughed it off he's like he has no idea like he means it he 100 means it and i i did also really love that whole like side relationship that we saw with um nora and uh tarek i think his name was yeah um and amira the little the little girl because it was so sweet and usually we don't usually like the single father vibes are like there we don't get to see them unless it's like that's the book like the main character is a single father so it's nice to see a single father who was a good single father as a side character because usually the single fathers that are or side characters are usually not good like they usually that'd be bats yeah um but it was really sweet and I really loved that relationship. Um, I was kind of hoping that his mom and him would like patch things up a little bit, but I guess they didn't really, but. I kind of appreciated that they didn't. Okay. Because it was more of, it was more of that realism. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I mean, it was okay, but just, um, it, I guess it was like their start to patch things up. And it also gave, a really good insight to Autumn because even though she's there unwillingly, she still comforts him when he starts to tense up and when things get stressful with his mom, she's rubbing his back or playing with his hair at the back of his neck. She's got his, her arm around him. I mean, she's she's really trying to take care of him. Yeah. It, yeah, it was it was sweet. And like we we got to see her as like the not too stupid to live character, but like the compassionate character. Like she was just a compassionate, nice person. And of course she was, right? Because she was an orphan. So like she's gone through shit. Like she was a, even though she looks soft, like she's a hard, hardened character because she's, she was an orphan and like she had to fend for herself for a lot of times, right? And oh, that was the other thing that was so sweet where she was telling him about how her mom left her at her grandparents' house with like she didn't even hug her goodbye yes and then he said noted and then remember when the airport he gave her a hug i know i was like oh it's so sweet he remembered that she always would take up a hug like that she would never say no to a hug and i'm the same way i'm a very like low uh physical touch is my language my love language one of them so i'm always like very like touchy feeling and like i love to hug and cuddle well he tells I go I'm gonna step back for a minute he says there's a lightness about autumn almost an innocence but that's not the right word she's not the way she is because she's sheltered and untried it's not that she doesn't know any better she does autumn has lived through some tough shit but she hasn't let it poison her spirit not in the least Given a glimpse at the harsh, ugly side of things, she simply chose to focus her energy on the light. Every time she is given that choice, she chooses light over the darkness. Mm-hmm. No, it was... And I loved that. Me too. Because we could have easily gone down the road the way, like, or she was bitter and whatever. But this was totally a grumpy sunshine kind of book as well, because he was grumpy and she was sunshine. And how cute was it when they would like when they went exploring the little uh, Christmas town, and like he indulged her in all the all the 
Christmassy stuff, even though he could care less about it. Um, I also love the drunken scene of a. I mean, it was really hot when they got he got a completely trashed on purpose in that speakeasy. Yes, <laughs> completely trashed. Um, but I could relate to her because when they got home, the first thing she wanted to do was bake cookies. <laughs> <laughs> love that very realistic scene. Um, because she like had this in her mind that she wanted to make cookies for uncle Arlo or whatever his name was. Um, and I like that he like also indulged her in it. He could have easily been like, absolutely not. Just like carried her off to bed, which he did do eventually anyway, but he let her like try to make the cookies. (laughs) He indulged her crazy, spontaneous, like sweet side, but also loved that. I loved this book was not non-con. I would say it was more dub con. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you what you thought because that very first time she does tell him no. I mean, yeah. she's giving him all the right signals, but then she's like, "Okay, wait, no, please, no, don't stop." Yeah, and he doesn't. No, he doesn't, which we love. <laughs> Welcome to Trigger Warning Romance. We love us a a take charge hero, um, but he says that she's only playing at reluctance, right? She wants to be taken for whatever reason. She's afraid to make that call herself because we know she doesn't want to get hurt, right? It's not necessarily the sex part of it. It's like she knows if she has sex, she's going to get attached. And she doesn't want to get attached to this person because she's leaving. Like this is just like a, you know, few day kind of thing. And then she's going back to Syracuse. Um, And... He says, like, she needs to take, she needs me to take it out of her hands and to play my role as the bad guy and take advantage of the conflicted damsel. Lucky for her, I'm quite adept at being the bad guy. I highlighted that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she, yeah, she's, she's saying no to him, but she's also like climbing him like a tree. So <laughs> definitely Dubcon, in my opinion. We can agree to disagree if every anybody else thinks it's non-con. Because I can see that. She, you're right. She did say no. But at the same time, she's like rubbing up against him. So it's a little bit mixed messages there. Well, she puts it straight out. She's like, um, I may have been genuinely afraid of him. But that night at the motel room when I was naked and resolved to doing whatever I had to do to get out of there alive. I don't know. There was a freedom in it. Something I've never felt before. Something I haven't felt since. I could do something naughty and reckless. I could let the dangerous, sexy stranger claim me without having to feel guilty for it later. After all, what choice did I have? Yeah. I think this is the first character that I have ever read that has put it so plainly. Mm Mm-hmm. That this is why, this is one of the things that we love. Yeah. Yeah, this is the reason that a lot of women like reading non-con and dub-con books and why they like to do it in real life, right? Either or, or both. Um, Because it takes that shame out of it, right? That like, we've, we've said like, you and I both have similar but different reasons for liking these books. Because of the way we were brought up, there was a lot of shame associated with sex and liking it. So if... If we if, if the choice of having sex is taken away from us, we are free to enjoy it without feeling that shame. So um, that's why she likes it as well, right? Like she doesn't have to feel bad about it because she had no other choice. She has to do it to survive or she has to do it for whatever reason, like, you know, so we've we've had multiple discussions on this specific topic. So yeah. Um, listen to our previous episodes if you want, I guess, a deeper dive into it. I think we're going to continue to have it, though, because we love a lot of these non-con books, and each character that we read about brings something a little different about why we like them. Exactly. So then they have the, the sexy shower sex scene that is mandatory in every romance book. And I'm like, oh my God, like I was, but I was reading this book with the sex scene with anxiety because 
they're having this crazy sex and she says something like um i lose my grip on the wall and then i quickly um replant my hand but my whole body shakes and it's hard to hold on and i'm like yes it's slippery like this is dangerous <laughs> this is why shower sex needs to not happen because it should start in the shower right but the actual deed should be on dry land everybody i agree because i am not um What's the word I want? I am not dexterous enough to maintain a hold on a slippery wall. Absolutely not. I will give myself a concussion. Yeah, especially if like, I mean, if if they're doing it, this like this crazy, like he is really pounding into her, right? Like I, you're going to fall. You're going to fall. I don't care how big the shower is. I don't care. Like The water is involved. It's slippery. Unless it is a handicapped enabled stall where there yes. are things for you to hold on to. You're going down. And that's not the sexiest place outside. <laughs> oh, I had to I had to have this I had to yell at Mrs. Savage because I told you we had a, a great time on Friday night. Um, but I came home and I got in the shower to take off my makeup. Mrs. Savage decided he needed to get in the shower as well. And I was like, no, like you are not like we're gonna bust our asses because we are both quite inebriated. <laughs> Okay. And we, it, it's a nicely sized shower, but like, it's, it's, it's not good. We're going to slip. We're going to die. I don't need to, I was, so I had to kick him out of the shower, which he was very mopey about, but I'm like, I will be in the bedroom in a minute. Like, it'll be nice. Okay. It'll be, it, oh, side note, guys, I had sex in my own bed for the first time in like a year. Oh, a baby is finally in her own room. It's marvelous. Anyway, um, yeah, shower sex is dangerous, okay? We've had this discussion before, but it's it's a necessity. And I we've said it before. If it's if there's no shower sex, is it a romance book? If there's no shower or bath sex, because like, either or is fine. There needs to be a tub or a body of water or a waterfall, some sort of water scene. <laughs> anyway, it was fun, but that was a hot scene. It was fun. I liked it. But um, then they like did it a bunch more times. Well, she says, she's like, you know, I have never had sex that felt so good I cried. Yeah. Well, because she's been having sex with someone like Brady Mendelssohn. I love that he wouldn't even let her listen to, his, to Brady's voicemail. Yes. I love how protective he was of her from like the first minute loved it yeah and that he like sent um what's his name over to threaten him <laughs> he's like you better be nice to her um and what else did they do i mean they did so much stuff but when he left her was really sad oh he also like there was a little bit of non-con though if we think about it because that last night when um he got when they got in a fight because he wouldn't keep her right so she was like all right and he got drunk yeah and then he got really really drunk and then he's <laughs> then side note he did steal that little truck for her which was really cute um but yeah she was she was like all right i'm gonna guard myself like i put myself on the line for this crazy person like first of all i shouldn't want him like he he did kidnap me right and he's like his, but again she wasn't judging him like this is just his job and he didn't go about it but like whatever I like him and I'm willing to uproot my whole life and move to Chicago to be with him but he said no for the same reason that we talked about before like he is conflicted because he's not sure he's going to be able to keep her safe so then he does get really really drunk and then he comes and tries to have sex with her. And she is like, no, we're done. Like, we broke up, right? Like, you're not keeping me. You don't get access to me and my body or my thoughts or anything. And he doesn't like it, right? Because she says, I'm not yours. Where was it? Um, 
because oh yeah she says if jasper wanted me he would have he would be with me right when jasper wanted me that first night he took me even when i wasn't willing when he wanted me in the shower he took me again even though i told him not to if he really wanted that life with me if he really wanted me he'd take me i highlighted that too yeah it was a very valid point and our girl is again she's not a pushover like She's like, you don't want me? That's fine. Like, I can read the signs, right? I am going to value myself. And I'm not going to, I'm not just going to let, I mean, she does let him do whatever she wants to him. Uh, he, whatever he wants to her eventually. But she does tell him that like very briskly, she's pissed when he wakes her up. Yeah. But he doesn't like when she tells him no, and that, that like, you're, I'm not yours he he does pretty i mean i guess but then she like does let him so i don't know it's definitely non-con dubcon straddly over there i kind of i put the in my trigger warnings when i do my my reviews i did it as a dub slash non-con because yeah. it's really hard to determine which one it is and yes it it's really a personal call agreed as to how you see it yeah again even that shower sex scene she did tell him no so um but but yeah and then he he hugs her like he's mad when they when they move over to his house right like they go to his house and she just wants to take a cab and she wants to go to the hotel yeah he's like nope nope not not gonna happen (laughs) um because again he's he wants to spend as much time with her as possible but he's like torturing himself in a way with it right because like he he's sleeping on the couch and she's leaving the bed and he wants he wants her but he can't keep her but yeah then he hugs her in that airport and i i cried for that because i'm like oh he remembers that her mom didn't i did too that was where i cried yeah it's like oh so sweet um but then he has a, a talk with adrian because Adrian's like, you've been in a pissy mood ever since that girl left. Like, you love her. He tells her that. And she's like, oh, shit. I do love her. And then he goes and kidnaps her from her house. And it was amazing. Well, I love how they... I love how it wasn't because he wanted her. It was for her protection. Yes. Because... He let it slip to Adrian that he told her more than he should have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the compromise was, well, we can kill her to keep her from telling our secrets. Mm-hmm. Or you can move her into the Morelli compound. Yeah. Yeah. So he sneaks into her apartment mm-hmm. and finds her sleeping with his shirt. That was a great scene. Was that scene not awesome? Oh, my God. It's amazing. Because... First, again, he compliments her because she tries to like, because she doesn't know who it is. She tries to talk her her way out of being murdered or whatever because she doesn't know who it is. And he's like, good job. Like, I really wanted to see like what you would have, you know, done if if somebody came to uh, to break into your house. And then like he says like, oh, you know, I I'm here and show me how much you miss me or something like that. And she's like, okay. She's like, all for it. And he sees a man's shirt next to her in the bed. And he switches like a light. He's like, whose shirt is this? Why the fuck is there a man's shirt in your bed? Who have you been fucking? Tell me his name. And then he's like, I thought I was going to have to kill some bastard. Yes. I was going to make you watch. Yes. And I would make you touch yourself while you watched me kill him. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't know why that's so hot, but it is. <laughs> I agree. I had the same reaction. I'm like, why do I like this? Between his um, psychotic words and the way he's touching and kissing me, he has me breathing heavier, slightly worried about my own sanity for being so turned on by the twisted picture he just painted. Yeah. And I can I just side note, I love that he kept calling her snowflake and he's going to get a snowflake tattooed on him. He does get the snowflake tattoo. We yeah. see it in the epilogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A badass snowflake. A badass Which snowflake. 
I want to know what does a badass snowflake look like? Does it have a little dagger? I mean, what makes it badass? I don't know. It's like bleeding or something. <laughs> but it can't be pink. It's got to be red. Red. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was really hot. And then they move into the house and, and we like, there's actually two epilogues. So like the epilogue of where they have the baby and they're living on the Morelli complex and they're having, they're again, they're building a snowman. It's like back to like, it's kind of like a, a throwback to when he was building a snowman for um, Amira. And he's like, what is it with like these two-year-old girls and like the biggest, baddest snowman that they, <laughs> they ever want? And I'm like, now I'm thinking, I'm like, ooh, maybe it's like another one of those primal things. Like the bigger, the better. <laughs> I think two-year-olds are just greedy, personally. And then we skip to an... I know, yeah, for sure. My my two-year-olds was the same way. Um, and the then we we speak to the one where he the other one where he buys our house. Yes. And it's so cute. I loved it cuz she's like he I mean, first of all, I love how he is just all over her at all times. Like doesn't matter that they already have the baby. <laughs> the baby is there. But they're both like for it cuz she's like, "Oh my god, I can't wait till this kid just goes to sleep so I can <laughs> I can like get at my man." Um I can relate. But also if this was a, which I love that this is not reality because the baby just goes to sleep and they're like having fun. Um, but guess what? In reality, your baby's going to wake up like 20 minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to be getting to the good part. Um, so yeah, he buys our house and like he puts the little keychain that she bought him on such fucking fucking cute this book is so cute <laughs> it really was it just it pulls at the heartstrings yeah absolutely um and then they moved to Stillwater, and he retires and they live happily ever after the end but what's awesome is he chooses to retire yes. she doesn't ask him to nope. he does it all without her knowledge yeah yeah and it is so sweet yeah and he even calls in favors to like afford the house and it's fucking, fucking adorable I love it. A plus, Sam Mariano. Love this book. <laughs> this is just a really feel good holiday book. Yeah. If you like dark romance, but you want a holiday book, this is definitely um, a good little compromise of dark but sweet. And um, just just what I needed this this season. I read, read this book last Christmas and I really liked it. So um, rereading it was fun because I hadn't read it in like a year so I forgot a bunch of parts but I remembered how much I liked it and I still really liked it this year so I'm glad sometimes that doesn't happen so I'm glad it is. I'm glad that it happened <laughs> that I still liked it <laughs> well we um this is going to be coming out the day after Christmas yes so we do want to tell you that we hope you had a wonderful holiday Mm -hmm. And that you enjoyed yourself and that if you have little ones that they, that they tore all the paper apart and made a huge mess that you had to clean up. Yep. And we hope that you got everything that you wished for this holiday season and that you had a great time celebrating in your own way, however you chose to celebrate and um, hope that we hope that you get your own large mafia man to make you happy. And we hope that you have a safe new year coming up. Yeah. Do we have any palate cleansers, Tori? A series that I've been reading, Broken Kings by Nikita Parmenter. The first book came out about uh, maybe seven or eight months ago. Mm -hmm. And I have read it probably five times since then. Wow. Because I really... It is a spinoff of her other series. So I really like, it felt like going home when I read it the first time because it just mm -hmm. melded so well. And the second book in the series just dropped. And I was a little bitter that I was reading holiday stories when I could be reading my new release. Sorry, not sorry. Suck it up, buttercup, like I said before. 
I, I texted Nat last night and I'm like, I hate this. <laughs> I hate this. Do you know what I could be reading? I could be reading my <laughs> new release, but no, I am reading How the Hitman Stole Christmas. Um, but the book is called Neil and I am, I'm a little ways into it. I'm not far enough into it to, to determine what it's going to be like, but I am sure okay. it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just going to thank you once again. My, my palate cleanser is, um, that Serena Aykroyd filthy book that you recommended me. I'm loving it. It is freaking everything I ever wanted in a book. Uh, I'm just going to read you guys a quote and then you're going to go run and uh, download this book. <clears throat> then he thrust into me the world, the word that escaped his lips seared itself to my eardrums. It ricocheted through my body, rattling around inside my skull, because even though it was only one simple word, it made no sense. Mine, he whispered as he pushed into me. <laughs> That's it. Go, go read it. It's amazing. I also really like that book because the heroine is a curvy lady. Yes, she's plus size. She's plus size. And I love that because mama's got a lot of jiggle. And I like a man that, you know, appreciates the jiggle. It's definitely got more jiggle than not jiggle at this point in my life specifically. So, so do I. Yeah, I love it. So do I. It's great. It's And he's obsessed with like her jiggle. It's amazing. I he love loves it. it. Yeah, and he's totally for it. He is he is obsessed with her. Yeah. It's amazing. Love that book. We're gonna so hopefully really read that it. book, read that series. Um Yeah, I'm down. Oh, it's it, totally it's to, totally our vibe. Yeah. Totally our vibe. Yeah. Um so let's see. Do we have a review? I think we do. Um oh here. Um this is from uh Somebody who says, super fun for dark romance uh, readers, I think. I can't tell what, what it says over here because it cut off. Um, but it's a five-star review. And it says, giggled, giggled so much listening to Adelaide Forrest's Rep Retribution Burns episode. Y'all are my people. Dario's book is my favorite. Dee Dee Prince book too. We should stop the podcast until I can read her Mafia series. LOL, 100%. Um, thank you so much. I'm so happy that you enjoy our podcast and that we are your people. Y'all are our people. And I'm very, we say this every time, but we are so thankful for our Trigger Tribe. And you you people are amazing and you make us so happy. Um, we have created this amusing community and I'm just so proud of everybody. So good job. Go team. Yeah, we couldn't do this without y'all. No, it was amazing. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, please don't forget to rate and review. We need more reviews. So wherever you listen to us, um, Apple, Spotify, um, I don't know, Audible, apparently we're on Audible. I didn't even know this until a couple of weeks ago. Uh, wherever you listen to us, <laughs> please rate and review. And um, they really help us push uh, our podcast towards people who might also enjoy it. I also want to say that you can leave specific um, episode related comments on our website. Now, mm -hmm. if you go to triggerwarningromance.com, click on the book link, um, the, the book covers will take you to all of our show notes mm -hmm. and it gives you the option to leave comments for each specific individual episode. So you are welcome to leave us thoughts there. Yes. We also have a contact form. So if you have book recommendations, please, please, please send them to us there. Yes, it's a good central place for us to keep everything. What are we reading next week? Well, this was our final episode for season one. Can you believe yeah, it? Yeah, I can't. This is crazy. We did a whole season. <laughs> so next week starts season one with the two. beginning of the new year. Season and two. we are taking it back to... Anna Zayers. Yes. And we are going to be reading Lucas's story, which is the Capture Me trilogy. So yes. for next week, we are focusing on Capture Me by Anna Zayers. It is a good way to start off the year. I am very excited. Going back to our roots to Anna Zayers. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everybody. 
Um, once again, please don't forget to rate and review if you need to contact us. Um, we're at Trigger Warning Romance on pretty much all the socials. Um, and uh, please join our Facebook group and join the Patreon if you want exclusive content. So I think that's I think that's everything. I think so. Well, you guys have a wonderful rest of your holiday season, and we will see you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Take care.